Lake, Kentucky, two guys who can believe it's not butter. It's the KY Sports Guys. guys and we are the KY Sports guys. This is Stock Tony sitting in here in Coach Jay Hurts normal position to open up the show in Coach Jay Hurts normal position. With me today a cast of characters that you've come to know. A uh, few it's been a while since they've uh, since they've been around. To my left I got Chapzilla. How you doing today Chapzilla? Excellent. Thank you again for letting me come and be a part of this podcast. <laughs> I appreciate you all coming out actually that's uh but we appreciate you uh Want to come out to uh, to his left? We'll just go in, in dealer's order here since we're sitting at the poker table. We got young Tyler Jesse. How you doing today, Tyler? Doing all right. How about yourself? Oh man, I can't complain. I'm getting it thrown, you know, late to me in fantasy, but hey, other than that, not too bad. And to his left, and I guess we'd call in the big blind position here, um, Reedy Boy. How you doing today, Reedy Boy? I am doing fantastic. It's good to be here. Oh, great. And so we've not had this exact cast of characters ever assembled for one podcast. Um, so I don't know how we're going to do it. probably not very intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get to that later. Uh, but, yeah, I think we've all admitted to that at one time or other on this podcast. This is podcast 31. My, how the time has flown. Speaking of flying, Coach Jay Hart uh, had a little trip down uh, to Orlando today. And I'm not sure exactly what it was, he went, but he was uh, down there, I think, on school official school business. And he will be back this week. We actually have something coming up this week, which is going to be relatively exciting and new for us. And special? I would say definitely special. We're going to interview Tuesday night, if things go as they are planned, uh, a director of a upcoming documentary about coaches' wives. Are you going to spill it? Say it all, or are you just going to wait and let that anticipation build up for Tuesday? You're talking about the radio tease here on the podcast? Yes. Uh, that, that's basically what it is. So be listening. If you're listening tomorrow, which would be uh, Monday, or late tonight maybe, because we'll probably get the podcast on Sunday night as usual. If you're listening for that, should be maybe Tuesday night or Wednesday when we get the interview with Jonathan Moore, director of Coach's Wives, on to the, uh, a special pod extra. We've not done a pod extra since I believe we interviewed the fine folks from Middlesbrough about the Middlesbrough soccer. So that was an exciting pot extra. This one promises to be as well. Well, that being said, we had a really good week on the website. If you're listening and don't know that we have a website, um, or haven't been reading at least, check us out. We post every day. We had a really good uh, week with numbers there. Our post, a couple of posts really took off, and one in particular that I wrote about the Country Music Awards it gained a lot of traction and a lot of people read over uh, just over 100 unique visitors alone. And that's a great number to have, having unique people who've never read the site before visit us, coming on, looking at looking us over and, um, you know, just uh, seeing what we're doing, I guess. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the podcast as well, correct? Uh, or something similar we, to that. We could just do it. How, how about we just do it now? We can. I have You're talking no about the clue. Music? Yes, but... I can wing it. Um, well, I see, you know, first of all, the Country Music Awards were Wednesday night. Uh, I'm assuming, I didn't look at the numbers, but it looked like they got a big draw. There was a lot of Twitter buzz on it. I did see, actually, uh, I was over at Kev Tavis's house. There we go. And, KT. And his wife actually had it recorded 
And so she went back and said, you need to see this. So I watched a couple of people sing some songs, and that was about it for my experience with the Country Music Awards. Well, what was it in particular? Do you remember which ones we saw? Yes, I saw it was Timberlake and Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton, about whom I wrote the piece. I listened to them, and later on down the show, I don't know who the girl was. She was dressed up in a cowgirl Probably Casey Musgraves from like kind I of think that's who it, Yes, yes, that's who it was, and that's the only two I saw. Well, I tell you what, you probably saw two of the better ones, and I know the Chris Stapleton. What I wrote was basically the Chris Stapleton Timberlake thing was. Um, I think it was something a lot of people were shocked about. First of all, just hearing those, uh, seeing that pairing, that duet. But then when they came out, and it was all kind of different sounding, but it was so, I don't know, it was so cool, and they both sang so well and so hard that I think people were really, really amazed. And then Chris Stapleton. He had to back his truck up, I guess, to to the loading dock and load up all of his awards for the night. Now, he's actually from Kentucky, too. Is that correct? I believe he's a Lexingtonian. I think no, where? Young Tyler? Young Tyler's so. correcting me. He's from Kentucky. He's from, but... I think he, I believe he's from Pikeville, Eastern, Pikeville. Eastern Kentucky. Hmm. Okay. You, you couldn't tell by his appearance where he is from. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> any of the posts, and I, I encourage you to go read that and, uh, and all the posts. Um, I said that c- country music is basically allows one non-beautiful star at a time, and that's about it. A few years ago, Harry Jamie Johnson comes along, and he's all the rage. And then, even though he's doing some stuff, I guess, now, or has done recently, he's not the guy taking home the awards anymore. Now, they've chosen to allow Chris Stapleton, and I hope it lasts, because I love the kind of music that guys who are not worried about meeting the mainstream Dynamic, You know, they're doing their own thing. And I love that kind of music, and I hope it lasts, but I'm afraid it won't. I was interested. After I started watching it, it actually was really good. And I'm not a country music fan. And to listen to them, too, for those two songs that they did, it really kind of captured me for a few minutes there. But then I realized it was country music, and I was I was past it. Well, my contingency for a long time has been that country, mainstream country, is not very good, but... There's a lot of good music out there. It's just got to be found. Chris Stapleton, he's been out there for a long time. He's not a new country artist, even though he won New Country Artist of the Year. So my contingency is just go out and listen to those guys. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those things. I'm looking to the young guys for help on these. Um, They're not interested, apparently. they've, They've checked out on the musical conversation. This is a sports talk show. Yeah, talk sports. This is Levitard's big grind. country music. Talk sports. I well, see Reed. He has a he has one of the uh, his hat today. It's being sponsored by someone who I always take a little shot at because apparently you have to have a two hundred fifty dollar cooler if you sing country music now. So what do you think, Reedy boy? What what about that Yeti? I love love it. Well, I know they're good coolers. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing against Yeti. I'd love a sponsorship from them. It just seems to me like when your cooler's worth more than your truck, then maybe maybe you got an issue. Maybe you're a redneck. Well, <laughs> sure. I, I haven't worked my way up to the level of a cooler yet. Oh. Still on the still on the little thirty dollar koozie and you know the the little rambler as they call. It. I haven't really got the cooler yet. Is the hat more expensive than the little koozie? No, I, not the same price as those. No, a little cheaper. No, a little cheaper. Does it keep your head cold or warm? <laughs> it's whatever. I think it's one of those hot and cold. Whatever you put in it. So it's empty right now. Just checking. <laughs> it's very empty. Uh, but I, so we're taking $30 koozies when most people have a $10 cooler. That's the, that's the Eddie thing. If you can afford it, God bless you. But 
for, for, for me, I don't know. It, it seems funny. It's got to be about tan legs. It's got to be about Yeti coolers. It's got to be about mud and partying on a Friday night. And even though those things happen, I don't think they're as prevalent as country music would have you believe. And that's just one of my bigger gripes with it. I don't want to sit here and talk all day about country music and griping on country music. They're a good artists to hear. We have a poll up right now on the, on the website as well saying, is there any lyric? Is there something out there? Is there a song that's really good? Late, a new song with some good lyrics. I would maybe go give that a try too. Give, give it a vote if there is. Drop the lyric into the comments box. We appreciate it. And let's move on from that and get to talking about sports now. Well, there is something very important we must talk about, as with every week. This ought to be good. Wait for it. It's coming, I promise. Loading. And now it's time to find out the most important thing of the week, what's on the grill. All right. That's Jordan Deweese, and thanks to Jordan, we're going to get him out pretty soon. If you heard the uh, the intro, but you can't get over those. I love those that intro with the uh, Can't Believe It's Not Butter. We've done this. It'll be three weeks in a row. We've used it, so I love those. We're going to get Jordan out for some new ones pretty soon. He talked to me today, and we're hoping he can get out soon. He's about as interesting as the most interesting man in the world. Jordan. When he comes up with those little yeah. sayings. Yeah, he's he's good at that. He's a great voice. He's uh, uh, talking about the interesting. He really is an interesting guy to talk to. He knows a lot about a lot of things, especially pop culture stuff, movies. Um, I'm sure he would be really interested to talk to Jonathan Moore on Tuesday. Maybe I can holler at him and get him out. And what would be cool is what if what if listeners would come up with a bit like he does? That would be kind of cool to see if they've got some imagination to you know they can believe it's butter or something like that. I think that's a that's something we maybe should put on the website this week and then give it a try because yeah we always we'd love our listeners our readers to come up with some stuff and and maybe the the top pick could get you know. Reed's hat. Reed's hat. I like it. Unworn. No, wait a minute. It's worn right now. <laughs> uh, What's on the Grill is sponsored by Hawkins Farms. Harvey and Lynn Hawkins do uh, produce, custom lime hauling, hay rolling, bale wrapping, greenhouse plants, all your farming needs. Just call uh, 270-432-5632. That's 270-432-5632. Lynn and Harvey Hawkins out of Hawkins Farms. Tell them the KY Sports Guy sent you, and you will receive. And I know this is always, it's going to be like, you know, magical when this happens. A free jalapeno plant. That does sound interesting. You can't beat them, man. Still producing somehow or other, even in November. It's amazing. Greenhouses? No, I mean, no, I don't have a they, greenhouse. It's no, right I mean, they are. Oh, you've got one from them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, my plant that uh, Coach Hurt got from, he brought it over and uh, still producing. So what's on the grill is not actually anything on the grill per se. What we're doing, actually, is using the little miniature hot dog stand, hot dog roller, whatever you want to call it, to, to uh, cook up some Nathan's hot dogs, which are, to me, the best hot dogs around. You've got that right. And we really don't have to watch it. It does it itself. You don't have to keep checking on it, except... Reed's checking on it for us, which is good. So, yeah, I think and hungry. I figure he's hungry. That's right. Yeah. I think to keep him warm, he'll put him in his hat. <laughs> I'm definitely not hungry. I just had a Thanksgiving meal. So, wow, no the, hot dogs the, for me today. The pre-Thanksgiving Thanksgiving meal, exactly. He'll still eat. Hey, just <laughs> give just give him a few minutes. I, I've got to hear in, in in thirty seconds what what was there. What was the best thing there? Uh, what surprised you? Something like that. 
my grandma makes some pretty awesome macaroni and cheese. Is this Marjorie Reed? No. Oh, the, the, oh, well, he's quick to knock that down. No. I know she can cook, though. It was amazing. It was great. Macaroni and cheese. Amazing. You know, it's all... I feel like the more cheese you can put in, the better on that. Was there... Was there anything besides turkey? Like most, sometimes people have ham, or uh, she cooks a uh, a ham and she puts uh, two coke two uh, cokes on it and uh, I think she said a Pepsi. I don't know why the Pepsi, but uh, it was really good. She cooks it in a crock pot. Wow, like it's it's pretty good. You need to you order try some. Well, I'd love to. I thanks for bringing us out some. <laughs> That's what I was well, thinking. I, I had to take it all home with me. I had to. You he's know, not going to share. I got to eat lunch tomorrow, so you know. Yeah, he's going to, and we don't. Yeah, I know, right? He's coming out here bragging about it. Turn on your mic, Rick. Y'all get y'all got school lunch, school food, man. Yeah, that's true. Moving on, <laughs> um, but thanks, thanks to Reed for at least describing that. I did ask for the description. I didn't ask for any food, but that is an interesting uh, take there on that two cokes and a Pepsi. Hmm. Wonder why. Smile. Wonder, wonder where <laughs> RC Cola. Why was it left out? You think? Maybe she only had. Maybe she didn't have any. She ran out. That's why the two cokes. That may be. I tell you, this is going to be one of the seamless segues I'm so famous for, but running out. I think UK fans, this is, we're getting on to sports now finally, guys. UK football fans may be running out of patience with this season. Is this the case? Or should we still have a little bit of hope? As Coach Hurt wrote in his piece just recently, there still might be a chance, just a chance. I'm going to say no on that. Be And for the simple fact, of the conference that they play in. Yes, there's a lot of optimism to begin the season, and, and and rightfully so. Everybody should have that. But in the same sense, it's who they play week in and week out. And yes, they probably should have beat Auburn, and yes, they should have beat Florida. But historically, they don't beat those teams. And, and when we get to that point, oh, we're going to get them, we're going to get them, and then it doesn't happen, then they start getting mad like, like they're supposed to beat them year in and year out, and it just doesn't happen. Well, it's about trying to cha- – we're wanting to change the tradition of not having that suffering. First of all, though, for, Tyler has something to say, but before we even get to that, is Florida that good? I don't think Florida's that good. Is it, I know they're winning, but do you all find them be, to be a very good team? Uh, defensively, yes. Well, yeah. One of, the top team, one of the top teams in the country defensively. and But offensively? No. Well, you do see them stopping Alabama, though, even as good as they are defensively. Are they going to slow down Alabama? But look what they did to Georgia. Georgia's not that good either. Well, they're they're still middle of the pack, at least middle of the pack to, in the in the SEC compared to the other teams. But at the same time, look what Alabama did to Georgia too. I think Florida's they're they're up there in the conversation in the top ten, and I don't know where what team in the top ten they would play. Well, with I don't think they would stop many of those teams at all. Florida was quite fortunate with their schedule this year. They don't play any of the power teams out of the West, so they come across with having a good a good season with a weaker schedule, and you know being in the SEC with the East being down and their West games not being against Alabama, LSU. So well, what they did though, they beat Ole Miss, correct? And then Ole Miss beat Alabama, so it's all so that but. Okay, so Florida is, though, what, first week or two of December, they're going to have to play um, Alabama or LSU most likely. Uh, probably Alabama, looking like now. I well, don't see that being well, a very close one. 
it, it, a lot of it's going to depend on the last few weeks, you know, of the season. But in regards to – They're already locked, though. They won the East yesterday. Florida won the East yesterday, yes. So but, you're talking about Alabama, though? Look, I think it's Alabama or LSU, though. Would you have figured? Alabama still has to – they go to Mississippi State next week, which is a very tough game against Dak Prescott on the road. And then, you know, the last week of the season, they're in the Iron Bowl against Auburn. While Auburn's been down this year, it's a, it's one of the biggest robberies in the country, and you never know what can happen in that kind of game. Also, I want to mention what, what Tyler touched upon as far as Florida not playing those teams. And I think that's what got a lot of hopes up of Kentucky fans. That's what I've been saying all year, yep. They had a chance to 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 do well because of not playing Alabama, LSU, LSU. Texas A and M. They got Mississippi State. They got Auburn, a down weekend Auburn team. And because of that, I think there's where all the hype was and the the optimism. But then it was quickly dismissed because of what they've done in the last few weeks. The piece I wrote today basically looked back, and I, I feel like I harp on this, uh, at, at some of the signs we should have seen and some of the things we've talked about throughout the year, just kind of put it all in one place. And I'm sure there are tons more, but first game of the year, Louisiana Lafayette offensive line pushing their defensive line around. That's uh, That should never happen like that. And another thing, I think uh, one big disappointment with Kentucky fans is that just how unproductive the offense has been. I think if they were more more enjoyable to watch – then the fans wouldn't be as disappointed as they are. You know, with Florida, we scored nine points and dropped a million passes, it seems like. And then this week, we scored three points. Like I told you before the show started, I didn't get to actually watch that game. But I think if our offense played more the style of like somebody like Western, you know, a real high-powered offense, even if you lose a couple games with an offense like that, your crowd's going to be more, more enjoyed because they get to see – points on the board, ball moving. Yeah, I think that's probably been the biggest criticism all year, even though I still think it starts with the defense being able to stop somebody and get you good field position. When you're always being, um, you know, allowing big drives and and getting the ball at the 20 or 15 or somewhere around in there, you're always going to be backed up. Now, that being said, yesterday we got the big chance with the fumble, I think it was a punt. No, was it, no, it was an interception. Something happened in the half. I think it was an interception. We had the big chance to score going into the half, and we messed that one up too. Just got a field goal out of it. But at the same time, if your offense is going three and out, three and out, three and out, then those defensive players are going to get tired, and that's going to that's happen. Your offense has to stay on the field more than three plays a series for your defense to be any kind of productive. Oh, I agree too. That, that That's for sure the case. The offense, man, we just seem to be stink bit. Like, let's go back to that yesterday. I didn't get to watch it either. I was watching my little uh, – my little girl, Chloe, she was in her first gymnastics competition yesterday. Took first place overall in her age group. Shout out to Chloe. Um, <laughs> but I was listening on on the radio, and radio broadcasters had some genuine hope in their voice. We get this uh, interception. Time to take it in to the t- end zone. Get a touchdown before halftime. Tolls rolls out. Right throws, I believe it was to Conrad. And... Conrad drops it, said he could have pretty much walked in. I didn't get to see it, but that's their description. And you could just hear the air being let out of our home announcers. And you could just you could almost hear their heads actually falling because they were so hopeful to be in this game, to be tied. Uh, or close, excuse me. I think it would have been 10-7 to 7 then. And, and they messed up and couldn't get that in and ended up having to kick the field goal. And still... 
close to halftime. Reedy Boy, what were you thinking? Chapman said earlier that he pretty much doesn't have any hope for for the team, and, and I'm almost to that point. Uh, the end of the season, we play Vandy. Is it Charleston? Is that right? Charlotte. Vandy, Charlotte, Louisville. Louisville Three week. very winnable games. We got Vandy next week. Vandy just got beat by Florida 10 to – was it 10 to 9? 9, nine, to, nine seven. to 7. And if we if we lose that game, then we're not going to ball. We're not going to beat Louisville last game of the year. It's not going to happen. All Our whole season, getting to a ball game rides on beating Vandy next week. And if that doesn't happen, then the, the air is completely out of our football momentum. It's not that I've lost hope. A lot of it is just reality. And with with what they have to go against week in and week out, it's hard for them to run the table in the SEC. Not alone the East, but whoever they play out of the West as well. Here's Go ahead, Tyler. And I actually disagree with that. I think they can still lose at Vandy and finish out the year beating Charlotte and beating Louisville. That's a rivalry game, like I said earlier about Alabama and Auburn. No matter what the talent level is, that's a rivalry game. You can throw the records at the – out the window, and Kentucky's at home against Charlotte and Louisville. They are on the road against Vandy, and Vandy has looked good several times at home this season playing Florida and playing Ole Miss very close. That Vanderbilt defense is real. I mean, and we've been struggling offensively. I can easily see us going in there and not being able to muster up a whole lot of points, and hopefully our defense can stop someone, which it hasn't done in a while. So and, it could be a bad – it could be rough Saturday. And also in sports and in our society in general um, – it's a lot of what have you done for me lately. If say Kentucky loses next week to Vanderbilt, if they beat Charlotte, they beat Louisville, and then they go and win a bowl game, they finish seven and six, and you look back on the season very differently than you do if you know they lose to Vandy, beat Charlotte, and then lose to Louisville and finish five and seven. Well, it's it's basically become a three game season, three game fight for your season to get to a fourth game, which you know that keeps the drama up. But it would be nice to go ahead and be sitting back. Already, like Western, for instance, already in a bowl, just waiting to see what bowl you get to. There's a big difference. It's like Selection Sunday. Almost always we know. And then there's that that one every now and then, like two or three, what, three years ago when we were worried about our seeding really badly and got the eighth seed. It's nicer to know you're going to be a one seed or you're going to be in the tournament. This time, yes, it's, um, it's going to be fun. But it's also going to be really scary. Of course, that's part of what makes sports great, too, is, is that tension between um, – the fear and the excitement. Reedy boy. I definitely think that the reason why our fan base is the way they are is because we've been so spoiled by basketball. You know, every year we've got the best players. We've got the best team, hands down, just about every year that Cal's been here other than the the Nerland year. But that's why I think a lot of our fan base gets the way they are because they expect the absolute best out of everybody involved. And, you know, we're, we're not that. We're not going to be that. We're not going to be an LSU. We're not going to be a, a – we're shooting for, for what South Carolina has been. That's what our goal is in our football program, and we're just not there yet. And, and it takes time. Still got, still got youth. Still got one starter on offense who's a senior, and he, see, he had a big um, – I think it was a face mask penalty yesterday. I mean, to, to be a drive killer. It's those little things like that. And here's the deal, though, too. Yes, Stoops' recruiting is better, but it's still not been – Nationally, it's better, but in the SEC, it's still tenth or below every year. It's just it's just amazing how that conference produces football year in and year out. It just, I, as Chapman's been saying, it's it's about impossible to climb up through that conference. In saying that, though, if you look at the the other Power Five conferences, I don't know if Kentucky would be a, a top tier 
in those conferences as well. I mean, they would be probably where they're at in the SEC. I would think. think. You don't think they could compete more in the Big Ten, for instance? They wouldn't beat Michigan State, Ohio State, um, I mean, Michigan. And Iowa. And Iowa. Um, I, I, mean, st- I still think. I still think probably middle of the pack at best. You're looking at tradition there, too. Um, but I think it would be easier to build a tradition when we could go play the Northwesterns, even though the Northwesterns had some good years. But he could go play the Purdue's, even though Purdue puts together a good year sometimes. When he could go play teams like that, you, you never get <laughs> – Vanderbilt's the easy easy game. Vanderbilt and Kentucky are the easy games in the SEC. And it's nothing easy about what's coming up Saturday for us. I mean, as we were just and, saying, and it used to be, and it used to be kind of Ole Miss and Mississippi State used to be fairly easy games. And now look what they've done. I think that's where our hope has to lie with the Ole Miss and Mississippi States of the world, who have just taken good recruiting classes and built on that. They're using them right. Back to Tyler's point, I just don't see any offense. It's regression. Tolls has gotten to the point now. He's saying, if I'm not the best option, maybe I'm not. He's he's losing confidence. Seems like he's leaking it bad. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting Saturday. Tyler, get something on. But talking about tolls, at the same time, if we don't have as many drops this year as we've had, tolls' numbers look a lot better. There aren't as many people griping about him. And I think tolls gets a lot of the blame, which he doesn't deserve. I mean, he hasn't been playing to his potential or to where we would like him to play. But at the same time, like I said, if his receivers catches those passes that are hitting him in the hands, that are hitting him in the chest, if they catch those, his numbers look a whole lot better. And we may even have a win or two more. It's it, You all have been around sports your whole lives, coached it, we can, refereed it. Well, we can always, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, but what I was saying is we've all watched, refereed, coach, whatever, play. Momentum is not a, a stat that you can qualify or quantify, excuse me, but you can darn sure see it. You can see momentum, and you can see, just like yesterday, chance to go into the half with some momentum, three points instead of seven points, all because of what Tyler said, a drop on what was said to be a, a pretty easy touchdown. We just had a lot of that. When the other team seems to be making those catches off their shoelaces or uh, you know up in the air where nobody else can reach it, somehow they come down with it. And we're not making the easy plays, much less the hard ones. You speak of, uh, you mentioned a referee and a coach here, and I have a question uh, about a play in that game, in the in the game yesterday. I think it was Sonny Michelle from from Georgia was running the ball off the sideline, and and we had a guy that was trying to tackle him, and uh, he got stiff armed, and the guy Sonny Michelle had him by the face mask, and like all literally almost took his helmet off. And I've never understood why that is not a penalty on the offensive guy. If it's a penalty on the defensive guy to do the exact same thing, then how come it is not on the offensive guy as well? Are you playing? Never ask, understood that. Are you playing? Ask an official. I sure am. All right. Yeah. It would have had no out effect on the game at all. It's just something I've never understood. It's just something you want to. We happen to have a, a high school official right here. Let's see if uh, Tyler has an answer for that. You can't. You can't have an offensive face mask just like you can have an offensive block in the back or a. You, just like you can have a defensive block in the back. Um, the thing is, they have to grasp that face mask. It is not a penalty for them to put an open hand on that face mask, even if it gets up under their face mask. It is uh, on the line, it's illegal hands of the face. But if they grasp any part, any opening of the helmet, whether it be the ear hole, the mouth guard, chin strap, under the back of the helmet is a face mask. Um, but they have to grasp it. It is not a penalty for their hand to touch the helmet. They have to grasp it. 
the stiff arm is just an art form, and I've seen some punches. Uh, Levitard's been talking about uh, uh, Rashad Jennings for the Giants punching a couple of people as he's stiff arm and basically hit them so hard it's like they're being punched in the face. So I don't know exactly well, I mean, what he did. I, and what Tyler was saying was grabbing the face. He had a, a handful of his face mask and just shoved him back and literally almost took his helmet off. And they didn't call anything. And I was just wondering what the what the guidelines for that was. I'm not against the face mask at all. I just didn't know if there was a rule about, you know, grabbing the face mask or whatever. And at the same time, even in even in college, the highest level of college football, there are eight officials out there and there are 22 players. So things will get missed. So, you know, people give the referees a hard, a hard time, especially sitting at home when they can watch the replay. In real time, that's a lot different. It's a lot different to see. Um, we're gonna, I think we're probably going to have some discussion about officiating in this next with this next uh, topic. Real quickly, three game season. We need two of them. I don't love predictions, but let's do one real quick. Chapman is uh, is UK going to get to a bowl? Yes. All right. Win two or three or three or three. I don't see why they can't win out. They can. Tyler, get to a bowl. I'm going to say that they will. I'm going to say they lose this week and beat Charlotte and Louisville in the season. Boy, that will be rough on Big Blue Nation to, to watch that. That Louisville game would be – that. you know, that does, though. And back to what I was saying, they create that would create such a – what, two weeks from Saturday, it would create such a crazy, crazy game. Reedy Boy, making it. I think they will. I know I said earlier if they don't beat Vandy, which I think that they will be, even if it's 6-3, to three, Vandy can't score on offense. They might score on our defense. But – I, even if we win six to three, I think we win that game, and I think we win a a, a game at against Louisville too. So I think we finish out three three for three and go to go to a bowl. I like the optimism. Uh, I think we uh, win two of them. I'm afraid I, I'm almost worried like Tyler, but I think we can beat Louisville. I think when it comes right down to it, it'll be the craziest Commonwealth it's ever been, at least in this new pres- as present state, and we're going to see uh, a victory to get us to a bowl against the Cards. Is, is Louisville bowl eligible yet? I think they have five wins. Could you imagine getting to that last game? Yeah. Each team sitting right there at five wins. Yeah, I don't know. goes to a bowl. Could you imagine I don't know what who that stadium play. would be like? Yeah, I don't know who UVL plays the next two weeks, but um, it could very well. They had a big win yesterday, but it could very well be that. And that would be just, that would be amazing. Amazing in the Commonwealth. It'd be kind of almost akin to, uh, almost to the final four matchup. Not quite, but almost. And speaking, I guess we can transition here, can't we, to, yeah. the, to the college football playoffs and, and yesterday's outcomes. Best, worst, and most surprise of yesterday. Uh, if you've not played this game before, I think you all have once. We're just going to pick a best, worst, and most surprise, not all three. What fan bases are feeling either best, worst, or most surprised today after yesterday and Thursday, if you want to throw Thursday and Friday and Tuesday, even if you're taking a Mac game, who's feeling best, worst, and most surprised after all that? Tyler, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to take two just real quick um, and say who's feel, who's feeling the worst slash most surprised. I'm going to say that's TCU and LSU fans. Both of them had high Heisman hopefuls, and both of them played subpar yesterday with uh, Fournette for LSU. I think he came in under 40 yards. He did score a touchdown late in the game. And uh, Trevon Boykin for uh, TCU threw four interceptions in their, what, 20-point loss to Oklahoma State. Yeah, it was so bad. I think, I think their fan bases are feeling a little surprised that their Heisman candidates like that played uh, under under their normal standards. And uh, both teams could have possibly been knocked out of that top top four. Getting back real quickly to the, uh, to the Fournette thing, 
they were Alabama was doing what I just want us to do, UK to do a few times. Fournette was getting hit in the backfield quite often there. I mean, that defensive line was penetrating to the point that Fournette could never get going. But at the same time, um, it was said a lot earlier when uh, Alabama played Georgia, and I'm just not sure if you can beat Alabama trying to run between the tackles. I think their front seven's too good. I'm not sure if you can beat them that way. The Tennessee stayed in, stayed in the game with them because Joshua Dobbs is a mobile quarterback, and he can get outside. And if you can put those two together and, you know, get outside, then that keeps the, that keeps those outside linebackers, defensive end, honest. Um, but I think if you try to run between the tackles on there, I don't think that anybody at the college level can beat them. And that's usually the case. That's why I was surprised last year it seemed like yeah, it wasn't just the running, but it was, it was a lot of the, you know, with Ohio State beating them and stuff. It just seemed very un-Alabama defensively, and it was kind of strange. This year it seems to be coming together, and you're right. I don't know who could run up in there against them. Reedy Boy, you got someone. Yeah, I'm going to go with a shocker here, Alabama feeling the best. Shocker. You had a lot of people. Uh, I think they were in the top four, the college football playoff top four, and a lot of people were questioning why. You know, they got beat by Ole Miss at home, whatever. But Derrick Henry yesterday. 38 carries, 210 yards, He's and gone to three the stats. touchdowns. Could you get those again? I was interrupting. 38 carries, 210 yards, and three touchdowns. That is a beast of a game. That's a man-sized performance, yeah. I pretty much think that they told everybody that they do belong. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. And that there were people you know, asking, who has Alabama really beaten? And in this case, now they've beaten what was considered the number two team in the nation, at least according to the, to the polling system. You're not on. Your mic's not on, Tyler. Shut the mic off. <laughs> Anyways, um, and talking about them belonging, um, the, their one loss to Ole Miss, the way that Ole Miss beat them was to spread them out. So, you know, it goes back to saying, I'm not sure if you can run between the tackles on them. You can spread them out, and that could be their weakness. So we'll see if they can adjust that once they play teams that do and that more. With a good throw, I mean, a quarterback who can throw the ball and, and, and take some of the pressure off, you know, have to just nothing but run. Just something to watch for. Like Dak, Dak Prescott coming up this Saturday Mobile. at Mississippi State. Well, Matt, I mean, we've seen Dak Prescott two years in a row, and I know we're not we're not even close to being Alabama defensively, but we've seen him just have two Heisman games against us. It wouldn't be a shocker to see him go in there and have a pretty good game. I agree. Chapzilla, who are you taking? Can I hook it right here? Hook it. Can I? I wanna, I'm going to do a Millennial Gym. Can I hook it? Go ahead. I want to be. I want to say surprise with with the Irish. I, when when the rankings came out, I was very shocked to see them Homer, as, Homer. as one of the first one out. No, I was shocked. I thought they would be probably closer to ten than they were number five. Oh, you're surprised on the other side. You thought they wouldn't be that close to the top. That is correct. And for the simple fact that I, I still don't know how good they are. I still don't know how good they are. I mean, when the when the schedule come out. You thought the the first half of their schedule was going to be pretty tough with Georgia Tech, but now look what Georgia Tech's done, and and you thought well maybe the end of the the schedule would be easier, but then Temple's ranked and the, and Pittsburgh just got out of the rankings when they played them, and then they still got Stanford coming up. I, I'm just really shocked to see that they have a chance even coming up Tuesday that they could be one of the four. So the fan base should be surprised. As, as I am, to be in one of those possibly four spots. You're saying almost being grateful. Yes. Hmm. And, it could be, and it could be the name. It well, could be just the name. I think a lot of people are arguing that's where Alabama was, and then they got last night and proved that that's not where they were. It, but in the same sense, it's all going to play itself out. 
and the thing the thing that we all need to to remember is those four teams, whoever they may be, and, and LSU's out, of course, as of right now. You went out. You're going to be those four. So just continue to to stay the course. But I still don't know if if Clemson is the dominant team just for the simple fact that Notre Dame had a chance to beat them and just come up short. Yeah, it's still wide open. I think. All right, Reedy boy. I, I'll agree with your Notre Dame as a surprise because haven't they lost Good. quite a few of quite a few starters? Oh, I thought year? you meant games. Yes, they lost they've lost. I mean, they, didn't they start? Didn't they lose their starting quarterback? Maybe. Starting running back and starting running back, starting players. quarterback, starting tight end. Then you, you look on defense, they lost three starters on defense. Then Saturday, the the backup to the starting running back, he went out in the first quarter. Think about how many teams in the country could lose that much talent and still be right up there near the, the top four. Yeah, like probably just maybe that Alabama maybe could, but not very many. I mean, very few teams. Not Clemson, I don't think Clemson can do that, even though they're number one. I think they have to stay healthy. And people forget health is such a, a factor in a football team, for a football team especially with all the injuries, all the nagging little injuries, all the bigger injuries that might occur. People sometimes, you know, they um, they sort of forget that. Last year, though, the amazing thing with Cardell Jones, third string quarterback, bringing it home for, for Ohio State. So, One thing I want to mention with, with the Irish is they really have a really good front seven on defense, and that's what's helped them. And actually their offensive line is really good. If if you have an injury to one of those on either side of the ball, either the front seven or the the front five on the the offense, I don't think they're sitting at eight and one like they are. They had people to plug in. The quarterbacks that they've gotten, even the backup Kaiser, was a, one of the top rated quarterbacks coming out of high school. And and actually, they've got another one on the bench that that played late in the fourth quarter yesterday. That's highly touted. They've got the the, the talent. It's if somebody goes out on the front seven on the defense or on the offensive line, that's where I think they could struggle if they lose somebody there. Offensive line is so important. And that, nobody that, even that's the most important to. spot on the field, and so many people don't understand that is between the tackles on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. No matter how good your skill position players are, if nobody blocks for them, they're not going to be any good. Which Fournette? Nobody's arguing Fournette last year, last night, though. Just uh, couldn't get going because Alabama had Alabama's been front seven whipped LSU's yeah. offensive line. So the offensive line can't block. Then Fournette looks human, which he doesn't it's do just, ever. And it's the same thing with Andrew Luck this year. There, there should be no talent, uh, no question about Andrew Luck's talent. But his offensive line has had him running for his life all season, and that has hurt his numbers in production. All right, Chapzilla, do you have something? I got. I'm ready. For, I'm ready for yours. All right, I'm gonna. I, I can't believe nobody picked Nebraska. I was gonna let you all talk about that one. I'm gonna take though. Who's feeling best? Did you see Brett Bielema yesterday? I love the coaches when they're happy. I love Dabo Swinney. He's become the get for me. I mean, for for not me for uh, the reporters after a game. But uh, Brett Bielema had to be close. The happiest looking guy I'd ever seen, and that was the craziest play since last week. And that was the craziest place since the week before. How many more weeks are we going to have one of those insane finishes to a college football game? Well, there were two yesterday. Well, yeah, I'm just. You talk about the Nebraska, Nebraska, Michigan State game as well. Yeah, tell them do real quickly, like thirty seconds. Well, that, it was at the end of the thirty uh, the game last thirty seconds. Nebraska is going in for the the game winning touchdown. Guy supposedly got forced out of bounds. Makes his way back in. Makes the catch. 
They review it, said he got forced out, which he did not. It looked like, in my opinion, but they counted the touchdown. Michigan State, undefeated, ends up losing that game. That gets back to Tyler's, uh, you know, discussing their officials on the field. We have so much more technology now to show every angle, every slow motion. Officiating is hard. I give shout-outs to those guys. But the laterals yesterday, well, I was watching that game live. Not there, but I was live watching on TV, obviously. And, um, man, that tight end's getting ready to be tackled. He just flings it up, and it magically goes over the offensive lineman, and it pops to the running back. The running back, for some reason, tries a lateral back after he's already got the first down. And then the face mask call uh, that would have ended the game if he hadn't grabbed the face mask of the quarterback, and then all of a sudden they go. I love the other thing, Brett Bielema. Down one, after scoring the touchdown, goes for two. He didn't have to. This was the first overtime. He basically said, we're going to win or lose here, a la Tom Osborne. It worked out better for Bielema than it did for Osborne in the Orange Bowl back then. Back a long time ago. 84, 31 years ago. It probably was 84. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, were you wanting something on that one? I, we've got a bit, a little bit for you to talk about because we've got about four minutes. We just wanted a little uh, update on high school playoffs started this weekend. Uh, I know locally, a lot, you know, a lot of teams travel to play. So give us a shout-out, just a take on what's going on in high school playoffs. Um, well, the first round of the playoffs is over, um, as usual. It's basically chalk around the state of Kentucky. Um, average margin of victory Friday night was 32 points with you having your four seeds traveling to your one seed, your threes traveling to your twos. Um, there were several teams that had to travel over three and four hours to go get those get those whippings put on them. Yeah, um, that's tough. There's been a lot of discussion about how they could fix that. But um, locally, locally, a lot of teams did very well. Um, I think we only had two or two or three teams in our association that lost in the first round. Um, Barron County lost at Christian County. Is that right? That is correct. Um, on Thursday night, actually. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, Russellville won. They they're in one A. Uh, they I think they can make a very deep run in one A. Uh, they play they will play Beachwood in the semifinals, which would be a very good matchup. Wow, they will. That's always a powerhouse right there. Yeah. Um, in two A, Glasgow Monroe County both moved on. They will both, in my opinion, probably lose this Friday night. They travel or um, they play DeSales and uh, Cal out of Louisville, which are two of the three teams that I think could win two A. Them two in Mayfield. Um, your Bowling Green schools, South Warren moved on. Um, Warren Central lost. Uh, Greenwood won, and uh, Bowling Green won. I think South Warren could win for a. Um, I don't really know when they will be challenged. Uh, I think in the regional finals they would play John Harden, who they opened the season with. I believe that was one and two, and South Warren beat them pretty good and at Western's Field actually. So we could see a a rematch there. Um, Bowling Green. Always a power in 5A. Their uh, toughest opponent, I think, would be in the regional final, finals also. They would play Owensboro, who they played earlier this season, and beat 17-14. Uh, to 14. Uh, While you're thinking real quickly, a, a shout-out. We had, you know, Metcalf guys traveled to Louisville. It was just going to be a tough matchup. Playing with Christian Academy of Louisville. And that's one of the teams, enjoy. yeah, you think could win it all. So they they did, you know, heroic effort. It was just going to be a tough night. Um, a small team as we are facing that. Powerhouse. So, 
Yeah, and a lot of it, especially in high school, in high school is uh, numbers. You know, if you've got a really small team, you, you've got players playing both ways and that other team's dressing 50 kids, you know, only have maybe one or two going both ways, you're just going to get worn down in the second half. There's just no way around it. That's why your smaller schools never do play against your big schools like Bowling Green, teams like that. Um, but, I mean uh, – Real quickly, like a 10-second update. I think Reedy Boy moved up to second in the uh, pick administrator behind Hogleg. Hogleg still with his dominance. Reedy Boy second. Stock Tony, that's me. I dropped down to fourth behind Holstein Cows for our life. And then I believe Hogleg's wife, who I did not see her name, but I got a text earlier that said his wife had the highest score yesterday, the best. I don't think there's going to be any catching hog leg. I think he's got a pretty pretty large lead on him. Yeah, it's about a four-team race. I'm in the fourth. Everybody else seems to be out. I gave uh, I gave Alabama my ten, by the way. I, I gave anybody, it about one because I, anybody, I wasn't so sure. But. I don't think anybody picked that one. I was trying to do something different, maybe catch everybody off guard, but it didn't really work uh, for me at all. All right, come back next segment for the KY Sports Guys at KYSportsGuys.com. Talk a little NFL, a little basketball. See you then. 